Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Darrell Ryder, what's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Uh, good. Happy Monday. Happy Christmas week. <clears throat> it is Christmas week. We get uh, some Christmas Eve football where it's going to feel like Christmas Eve, apparently, looking at that forecast. I think it's going to feel like we're in Antarctica. Yes. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about having to drive home through it maybe on Friday night, but uh, the game itself I'm very excited for. Eyes frozen weather. That's what it's going to be. That was this weekend, dude. I took the pup for – I took him for a few walks. And so specifically today – Yeah. All that snow that we had man away, it, it like half melted, and I was ice skating for half of the three and a half mile, four mile walk. That the poor dog and I were pulling each other at different points <laughs> as my eye as my eyelashes froze and as I had just sweat uh, from my breath condensating in my beard. It was fun. You guys should do it. You guys should walk. D- Daryl, is, is there any thought about like this weekend? Are they definitely gonna get this game in on Saturday. Yeah. Especially with with the travel concerns of New Orleans getting here. Yeah, nah, I think they're going to be fine. Um, listen, okay. I, I've covered a Browns game where my eye literally froze in the parking lot. It was that famed Steelers game. I think it was on a Thursday night. Wasn't and, that the one that kicked the Steelers out of playoff contention? Yeah. I was there, and, too. Uh, okay. the, wind chills were like 15 below zero. Yeah, no, I, I am not exaggerating when I say my eye froze. And it was just one of them, one of the most painful. Why well, I learned, I quickly realized I need to close the other one or they're both going to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the most painful experiences ever. I'd feel like that'd be an all or nothing kind of deal though. Right? Well, um, I guess one went before the other. <laughs> so I trust you. I, I, I believe in you. It was, it was like having a thousand pins just being stabbed into my eyeball um yeah that that was a pretty brutal uh night and, it's actually uh, a pretty good just, allegory for browns football <laughs> yeah well uh, every well not every game most every games 75 percent of the games end up being painful Darryl, last saturday's game was not painful daryl you mentioned it the browns get the 13-3 win over the ravens what'd you think of uh, deshaun watson's performance i mean he did what he needed to do uh, I, I don't necessarily think that that was uh, the the type of conditions where you're expecting him to light it up. He's not going to light it up uh, this weekend either. But he was effective enough, made a great throw to Donovan Peoples-Jones on a route that they practice a thousand times starting in OTAs all the way through 
the entirety of the offseason program, the veteran mini camp, training camp, and even practice during the week. So it was nice to see they score a touchdown off of something they've worked on a million times. Um, but yeah, I, he, he did what he needed to do. And uh, uh, I don't expect that when uh, the weather is less than ideal that he's going to light it up. But um, he, he didn't make any critical mistakes that, that cost him. And uh, in that situation, that's really all you can ask for. Daryl, uh, in, in terms of the game plan and Kevin Stefanski's game plan specifically, did he do a good job this week? I mean, Nick, Nick and I were talking about it earlier, and, and Nick thought he kind of held back Watson a little bit. I, I, I think he probably did, too, a little bit more conservative, but I think it was probably the right approach in a game like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Chubb got 21 carries, uh, almost hit the the 100-yard mark there. He finished with 99. Um, it's hard to tell with Watson how many of the six were designed runs or versus uh, RPOs or whatnot. But, you know, in total, they ran it 33 times. Um, Watson attempted 28 passes. So from from that standpoint, Dustin, I, I thought that there was a uh, – I thought it was a good balance, uh, you know, run versus pass considering uh, the conditions. And look, I I don't have any problem with a shorter passing game when you're trying to get Watson into a rhythm and kind of get him going a little bit. There's no use chucking it 50 yards down the field. Just, you know, get him him warm, you know, nice, short, quick, easy passes. Uh, I I have no problem with that. Uh, I wasn't necessarily crazy. Uh, about some of the play calling on uh, one of their goal line situations that resulted in the the short field goal. I'm just glad that Kevin Stefanski took the three points and kicked uh, the short field goal uh, in that situation because points in the game uh, were at a premium. But um, overall, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty solid balance Saturday. Daryl, let's say the Browns finished nine and eight but missed the playoffs. Is the season still a failure? Yeah, because they missed the playoffs. Go on. I mean, they 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 blew it in September and October. So let, so uh, so Dustin and I were actually having this conversation earlier. Let's say we swap out that Jets loss, so you would have won that loss. You say you would have won that game, but let's say you swap it out for a loss against the Commanders. Yeah, but I'm not is, doing that. Well, but but is the season really that different? Yeah, it is because you didn't blow a thirty to seventeen lead with a buck fifty on the clock. Dude, that's you gotta understand that Jets loss is an all timer. Like of all the all the back crazy Browns losses since nineteen ninety nine, that one might take the cake. I just think it's weird, and I know this is not specific to you or Dustin. It's just weird to me that you had a Did win. Did we against... rank the losses since nineteen ninety nine? No, that's really all we have. No, it's not, Captain <laughs> Interrupter. Um but no, it's weird to me that the Browns have won three of the last four games. Yeah. They're they're playing, and again, we can qualify every one of those uh, wins. We can qualify every one of those losses, but there's a realistic chance they could finish the season with a winning streak here, and it just feels like uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like anybody gives a damn. Six or seven, if they went out right, and then that's that, that's where they can talk themselves into everything's on the right track and in all phases, and we can uh, bring everybody back for a fourth year and. That becomes kind of do or die for everyone. Uh, if if they in fact do win out, um, they're the they're the better team, and in my view, have home field advantage against the Saints this weekend. Washington's a, a winnable game, but 
the commanders are just a pesky pain in the backside. <laughs> Ron Rivera you know, has that team uh, playing hard. Uh, watched the game last night. <laughs> Execution and uh, some calls not going their way. Uh, did him in. But, uh, and then, of course, uh, the Steelers, who just for whatever reason, they won't die. Like, I, it's incredible what Mike Tomlin is able to do in Pittsburgh. Um, they still have six wins in spite of uh, the quality of that football team down there. But each of their remaining three games is winnable. Uh, I said that they were going to win four of the six Deshaun Watson uh, starts. They're already halfway there in the win column. He's 2-1 and one as a starter. And um, I think that there's a pretty good chance that he goes 2-1 and one down the stretch. So from that aspect, wins and losses, yeah, I mean they can they can sit there and see whether it's uh, six of seven or or five of seven. They can basically sell this off season to folks. Hey, man, uh, things went well down the stretch, and for a little more extended period of time than the Eric Mangini uh, four game win streak that uh, ended the 2009 season and saved his job. But you, I think you can sell to folks that things are headed in the right direction if they finish this season strong. I don't think it's just selling, folks. I think it actually might be proof that things are heading in the right direction, yeah? Well, I mean, uh, it's right, like we got they could have easily packed it in at 4-7. and seven. They, uh, they, they could have easily to, to that turned point, into a dumpster point, Nick, fire. I'll grant you that point. Right. They could have easily packed it in. They certainly did not look Saturday night like a team that uh, had, you know, packed it in and made their January vacation plans. I will grant you that. My issue is, especially on the defense, I'm just tired of hearing about confusion, seeing disorganization, and guys not knowing what on earth they're supposed to be doing on that side of the ball. That's the problem. And you still see some of that even with them putting together some good uh, defensive performances down the stretch here. That To me, that's the most fireable offense for Joe Woods, that Either things are too complicated for these guys or they're just, for whatever reason, they're too confused on game day. And that's on you as the defensive coordinator. Your job is to teach these guys what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And there's just, it's, it's been consistently bad on that side of the ball, whether it's miscommunication, a lack of communication, lack of, air quotes, technique. Um, or whatever excuse that they have come up with when things go bad on that side of the ball. Like, I just, I put it squarely on Joe Woods. And we always hear about, well, we got to slim down the menu. No, how about you have the menu slim to begin with, and then you expand said menu when it's appropriate to. Like, why is that so hard to figure out? Instead, every time there's problems, it's, well, we're going to slim down the menu now. We're going to take some off of guys' plates and things like that. No, you should have been, been doing that already. And this is year three with most of the same personnel. So that's why I just, I'm not sold on this defense being in good shape regardless of how they f- uh, finish this season. All right, so what if they go 9-8 and eight and fire Joe Woods? Is then it a success? Come on. I, I can hear the smile in your voice I, as I you ask that about. question. I'm just a very happy person. I know. You're just a, just a bu- bundle of joy over there. Um... No, I, I, I don't consider firing people a success. 
Um, no, I, it, 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 it's playoffs to me. It, the expectation this year was to make the playoffs. And if you don't, if you, if you didn't achieve that, then you failed. I agree with miles Garrett. So you know what? You can't pin it on me as saying that the season's a failure because miles Garrett said that last Thursday. So I'm going to pin it on him. Darryl, and I agree with him. Daryl, do you think that we, um, take for granted miles Garrett? I don't know. Do you? No, Nick thinks we do. Um, yeah, like the guy's having on pace to kind of top most of the things that he's done already, and it just doesn't feel like. And it, by the way, he's made a bunch of like late game, game winning type plays, which had been the thing that people held against him, right? And it just, it kind of seems like nobody else is pointing that out. That's all me. Well, I I did see somewhere today um, that he is tied with. Uh, T.J. Watt for the most sacks. I forget, maybe it's since 2000 or something like that. 41 and a half. They both have 41 and a half sacks. So I don't know if people or fans take miles for granted, but I I do kind of feel like for as great as he's been, for some folks, it's still not good enough. I think that that, from my perspective, is how I would characterize it. And if you want to say that's taking him for granted, you know, that that's up to you. But that, I, I think that that's the way I, I really look at it, that for as great as he's been, I mean, this season he's averaging a sack a game. He's, what, 13 and a half sacks, so it's, you know, a sack in decimal points uh, per game, which is, that that's pretty good. That's that's nothing to uh, to, to sneeze at. Uh, and and you're right. He has made game-changing plays or altered the course uh, of games, not just this year, but last year as well. Um, and he's been doing that more and more. But yeah, I just I do kind of feel like sometimes for some fans that no matter how much Garrett does, it's still not good enough for them. Cade York, what would be good enough from Cade York? Needs to start making some more kicks at home. Uh, that 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 needs to happen. Um, I I pulled up the numbers yesterday because uh, I wanted to see what the the home versus road uh, splits were for him. And uh, I'll give them to you here. I'm pulling them back up here. Nine of fifteen field goals, fifteen of seventeen PATs at home. On the road, it's thirteen of fifteen field goal makes, and he's perfect. 14 of 14 on PATs on the road. So he's got to start making some more kicks here at home. But that's a look, it's a tough place to kick. Justin Tucker, of all people, missed a field goal, had another blocked. Um, you never see that really happen with him. So if Justin Tucker's missing field goals, I, I, I think I'm willing to give uh, Cade York, who's a rookie, a little bit of uh, latitude there. But. Um, it, I, I take away from his rookie season, he's going to have to learn First Energy Stadium, that's for sure. What do you think like the expectation should be for him for him next year? I, I said maybe it's a little too high, but I think he should have be like a Pro Bowl caliber kicker. I mean, the guy was drafted extremely high. Like, why why shouldn't he come into the league and have success right away? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like after that fifty eight yarder opened the season, Dustin, and he was he was on the on his way, destined to be. McPherson for the Browns, right? Um, and and that a just has why coach didn't have him try to kick the sixty-eight yarder. Yeah, well, <laughs> because it would have gotten blocked in return yeah, exactly. for a touchdown. That's why. Exactly. Um, he's already had some long fifty-plus yarders blocked 
uh, and they were lucky that they were not returned for touchdowns. And to uh, as Prefer explained last week, they had a bunch of big guys on the field, and the last thing he wanted is the big guys to have to chase down the fast guy standing underneath the uh, the goalposts, uh, ready to field the kick if it ha- happened to be short. So I don't have a problem with him not kick. Just the time and a place there. Like I, I am. Look, I am anxious to see him try a sixty-five yard field goal. I really am. This Saturday ain't going to be it, though. <laughs> Last Saturday wasn't it either. Uh, I, so I don't know when it's going to probably in a dome somewhere, right? But um, he has a strong leg. He, really, he has the talent. It's not a talent issue. I just think he's got to learn the, the stadium, the wind, and, and things like that. And that just comes with experience. Daryl, we got about 60 seconds, buddy. Uh do you have any ideas on how the NFL can fix their officiating problems? Because that was the only thing as apparent as how great of a football weekend we had this weekend. Yeah, well, and my thing is is that with all the the with the uh, gambling going on now, right? The legalized sports betting, which of course begins here in Ohio, is starting on the first of the year. It becomes even more critical. Like you, you, you cannot have egregious misses that affect final scores when you have millions of dollars in in uh, gambled money on the line so my fix is eye in the sky have somebody in the booth that has the authority to buzz down to the officials and say you messed up and you got to fix it I think that that is the solution I don't think they need to do two minute or three or four or five minute delays every time they look at something but I think you can have somebody up in the booth that's watching things Say, I'm checking something out here real quick. Hold the play clock. All right, looks good to me. Go ahead. Or, nope, you messed up. We need to fix it. This is what it should be. That, I think, is the fix. And you know what? It might add an extra 10 minutes to each game, but it's the NFL. Do you think people are going to complain about yes. an extra 10 minutes watching the football game? You could have just stopped the, do you think people are going to complain? It's the NFL. No. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. I'm not advocating to turn it into what college football has become. Don't misunderstand me because those games now take five hours. To, it's like watching the Yankees and Red Sox play when you watch a college football game this, uh, these days with the review. But I, I do think that that is a fair compromise and so you know some of these roughing the passer penalties that aren't roughing the passer penalties the eye in the sky should be able to overturn those as well just so you know i i just feel like with the technology that's available it's it's okay the the officials on the field are human the most important thing is to get the 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 call in the end correct and if that means a guy up in the booth looking at tv replays to do it I don't see any harm in that again, especially with all the gambled money that's going to be on the line. Daryl, that was longer than 60 seconds, but we still love you, and we appreciate you. Good stuff, buddy. You bet, guys. It does feel like Baker versus Aaron Rodgers usually would be a primetime quarterback matchup. Yeah. This year doesn't feel like that. This is – now, That's that being said, because the, the Packers nor the, the Rams are very good teams right now, it does feel like there are some pretty interesting storylines going into this game. I believe the Packers still have an outside shot at making the playoffs. And more importantly, going into this game, this is kind of kind of like a, I don't want to say prove it moment, but it, I just feel like the rest of the season, the Baker's going to have a bunch of prove it moments. And this is just simply the next in, in line of can Baker uh, play his way into the Rams' long-term future. I'm really fascinated to watch this game. 
um, to see what he does after uh, a, you know having a full week to actually learn the playbook, mm-hmm. to actually maybe go into a game knowing some plays as opposed to kind of just uh, getting in the huddle and playing backyard football. Wouldn't it be funnier if he plays worse tonight? He might. What if he because just... I think he's better in those impromptu situations. I agree, and it's actually why I I think long term his best position in the NFL is actually with the Rams. I I think he's got to just find a quarter. Uh, he's got to find a head coach that just lets him like one out of every three plays. All right, Baker, here's the play, but you go out there and you make some improvise, magic. do something. Yeah, do something because like I don't think it's the same thing as Manziel. Manziel fundamentally did not because I've made the comparison between the two before because, uh, you know, they they both have kind of boisterous, outsized personality. They're both Texas quarterbacks. They're both yep. undersized and both honestly pretty good on the run. Right. But the difference is Johnny Manziel never put in the work to be a good starting quarterback. Uh, Johnny Manziel had a tenuous grasp on the game of football and how other people had to play like what they were supposed to do. That's not Baker. Like, Baker, the mental side of the NFL in terms of, uh, or sorry, the mental side of quarterbacking, it actually is a, a, at least pre-snap and at least his his ability to understand offenses mm-hmm. is not really problematic. It's just, does he recognize what they're trying to do post-snap and can you get him in a rhythm? And I think the easiest way to get the guy in the rhythm is just let him go out and do Baker. And it does feel like, because it reminds me of like, when we've seen like a Nick Foles go on that run at the end of, what was that, 2017 and win the Super Bowl, there was a moment where they just were like, listen, he does these three things well, and these are the three things he needs to do to do this at the best yeah. level, and they let him do it, and they won a Super Bowl. Now, long term, I, he couldn't succeed in that. He couldn't just keep doing the, the same three things. But like Baker, I, I mean, I still think the guy has enough talent to – and. To, to to make an impact on a franchise. Maybe he's maybe he's Jared Goff in, in Detroit, but like I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm fascinated. And listen, at, with two teams on a down season, with these two records, this is about as good of a storyline matchup as you can have tonight. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, regardless of, of either of these teams having, you know, a chance at the playoffs, it, it's still gonna be fun. It's gonna be great conditions, like mm-hmm. Not for if you're there, but for watching on TV at home, it's going to be about 12 degrees and maybe some snow showers later on in the game. But uh, I, I'm intrigued, intrigued by the matchup itself and, and certainly want to see what Baker can do. And I again, I'm not rooting against Baker Mayfield. I mean, there are a lot of Cleveland fans that are. I, I want to see the guy have success. Yeah, I don't. It's so weird because I don't I don't want a future in in, in which both Deshaun where Deshaun does well, but Baker doesn't do well. Like, I like just because Baker wasn't good enough to be a franchise quarterback doesn't mean we should wish him. Because what I I don't think it's that people really don't want uh, Baker to be good. I mm-hmm. think it's that people don't want to lose the Baker argument. And the reality is, if Deshaun is who Deshaun was through his first four years of his career, there's nothing Deshaun. Uh, there's nothing Baker can do. That's better than that. So if if both win, like let's say they both win a Super Bowl, ten years from now, I will have rather on the field taken the Deshaun experience, yeah, than the Baker thing. Like you and I were talking in the pre-show, 
I like watching Deshaun, even now, even at whatever 70% of what he can be. Watching Deshaun is different than watching every other uh, that 80 other 80% of other quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. It's effortless. Like yesterday, the Browns basically said, eh, we're going to just drop back, safe safe pass it, don't push the ball down the field. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play conservative. And watching Deshaun operate, it there is there is some sort of kinetic magic with that guy. I can't explain it. Right, but it is like if you watch it, it's the same thing that like Pat Mahomes has. It's the same thing like uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was pretty mundane and pretty average uh, up against the the Browns on Monday Night Football, and yet when you watch him drop back, deliver the ball, you still see holy crap! That guy just has it. It is the it factor personified. Baker's not that. So, like, I've never understood the idea of, and I, again, I'll get back to it. I think it's a people, um, people don't want to be wrong about Baker. I don't care. He's no longer the Browns quarterback. Correct. So, I just root for a person that that gave me the great moment in 2020. Let's root for him to have success, uh, success and have uh, a, a long rest of his career. Whether that's as Colt McCoy or whether that's as Jared Goff, I don't really care. Just go be fruitful, multiply, and have fun and make a bunch of millions of dollars. But that Deshaun thing, like, I think the Browns could have done a lot more. Understand, this is not a criticism of the Browns' deployment of Deshaun yesterday because they won. That's all that matters. But I think for an offense that is struggling, they they, they just scored one touchdown in this game. Yep. I know why they did what they did. They were winning... Don't push your luck. It makes sense. There's another school of thought that you probably could have pushed it just a little bit yesterday. Because um, quite frankly, you got lucky that Baltimore started to go away from that run late in that game. If they had scored one touchdown, all of a sudden you would have really had to put go from zero to 100 with Deshaun really pretty, quickly. Pretty quick, there. yeah. And, I, and, and not just because of that, not just because of the gameplay. I also think... You're not going to win a lot of games if you can only score one touchdown from here on out. And the I think the only way you're going to get this guy fully in rhythm is if you let him take a couple of those shots, even in crappy weather, like was Saturday. What if that game even would have been tied at halftime? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it would have been different. You, it would have had to be different, <laughs> the, the right? Enti- yeah, everything would have been different. And you know what? They still would have won it. The be- Browns? Yeah, because Deshaun is a much better passer than uh, Tyler Huntley. Like, just watching Tyler, like, everything that I just said about Deshaun is kind of a natural passer and a, a guy who just kind of naturally commands the offense. Mm-hmm. Tyler doesn't have any of that. Not yet. He might eventually. Right. I, I tend to think that's a yes or no thing, but I'm sure he can get better at it. But, like, you even see, like, he, there's just some dudes who just, it's work. And with Tyler Huntley, everything looks like work. Uh, Tommy, welcome to the show, Tommy. Tommy. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Anytime. Um, What's up, buddy? Here's the thing. You know, Baker was loved here, and he's still loved, okay? But he should have sat down when he hurt his shoulder. Case Keenum should have played those last three or four games. He'd still be on this team, you guys. He would. It's just that it was all ego and 
Stefanski and him didn't get along at the end, and that was it. Can I, I ask you, though, Tommy, about that? Why what? is when any other player that plays through injury, even when they struggle, why do people lift him up? But yet when Baker played through injury, he was the antichrist. And I'm not saying that's what you're saying. I'm just saying it just feels like feels like that's the treatment Baker got. Well, oh, he's only playing because of ego or contract instead of he's playing because he really thought he gave his team the best chance to win. Nick, I, I don't think he's evil. I just think he had an ego to play. He didn't care about the team. He cared about himself. He Why do you say that? Well, because I think he wanted to put himself on a higher pedestal and get that contract. Okay. I mean, and, I, wouldn't it have been? You just said it. He'd still be here if he had. Wouldn't it have just made sense to? Yeah. To to sit out the rest of the season yeah. and then yes, yes, yes play yes, on yes, this yeah. play on this year's option and have another go. Yep. I mean, and you know, he didn't do too bad in with the Panthers, but then he comes out and he's a big star. You know with the Rams, and I'm like, man, he still could be on our team. Tommy, Tommy, why do you hate Baker Mayfield? I don't hate Baker Mayfield. <laughs> not at all. All right, buddy. Be good. Thanks, Tommy. Let's go with Steve. Real quick, Steve. you got about 60 seconds. Okay, I just wanted to comment on Miles Garrett. I, I don't ignore his greatness. I, I think he's a future Hall of Famer. I think he's the best defensive player on the team, and I think he gets after the quarterback. Well, but what I think is he could get better at run defense. I think he pursues the quarterback so much that a lot of times we get burned on his side of the field and the running backs already passed him on, on handoffs. And since we're weak at defensive tackle, we're, we're pretty weak at linebacker. We need him to set the edge. So I think if there's one thing he can improve on his game and raise his level of greatness, it's to get rid of the tendency to over-pursue the quarterback and be able to do what's in the best interest of the entire defensive scheme on any given play against any given team, not just go after the sack every time. And, and I do hold him to high standard because of his ability, so I expect more out of him, but it's just because he's so phenomenal, and we need him to be the leader on that defense. And when he wasn't there for that Atlanta game, guys, it made me sick. When they ran the ball on us nonstop, if we could have had Clowney, we could have had Garrett, we could have won that game. And that's the type of stuff that I've been thinking about this season. I think maybe that's not why he's getting all the credit that he's due. All right, buddy. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 